Brothers and sisters, on Good Friday, we as Christians always think about those events leading up to the cross and what actually happened on that cross and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And I want to take three scripture readings and I want to focus especially on two of the disciples in leading up to the cross and how Jesus taught his disciples and what he expected from his disciples and what these two disciples, namely Peter and Judas, what they did, how they prepared, how they walked the walk with Jesus. And then obviously we will be looking in the other two text verses on how Jesus, how Jesus stayed the course, how he was obedient to his Father every single day up until this day, which we remember today. Please open the word of God. And we will start reading Luke chapter 6 from verse 12. And then we will turn the page to Luke 22 from verse 47. And then a few verses in Luke 23, starting at verse 32. Luke 6, verse 12. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he, na- whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew. And Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Simon who was called the Zealot and Judas the son of James and Judas Iscariot who became a traitor. And then we turn the page to Luke 22 and we will start reading from verse 47. The events leading up to the cross. These disciples that were just chosen and lived a life with Jesus every day in his presence. It is getting close to the cross and we see the betrayal in one of the disciples. While he was speaking, there came a crowd and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear, Peter. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and he healed him. So we see, and we will look at this in our sermon this morning, what Jesus did, what Judas did, and what Peter did in these times when things were getting really tough. And as, as we progress closer and closer to the cross. And then I would like us to turn the page to Luke 23 from verse 32 as part of the crucifixion story. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, 
There they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So far, our scripture reading this morning. When we look at these verses this morning, right from the beginning, there are so many of us who've walked the walk with our Lord Jesus Christ for so long. We are followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, just like the disciples. But you know, when the disciples set out and when they first encountered Jesus and when they talked to Jesus and when they listened to his ministry, when they listened to his words, when he showed them the will of his Father in heaven, at the beginning of the story, you would not think that it would end the way that it did. In all of this, we see Jesus praying every time before every single big event. He went out and he prayed for the whole night before he chose his 12 apostles. We see this time and time again before the crucifixion, how Jesus would separate himself from others, be quiet in the presence of his Father, praying for the will of God. And this is the part of the story that I would like to focus on this morning. When we look at all of the events leading up to the crucifixion, the prayers of Jesus, and how different it would have been if the disciples would listen to him and would do the same. You see, prayer often begins where human capacity ends. And we need to remember that Jesus was the Son of Man. Yes, he was the Son of God, but he was also fully human, the Son of Man. And he needed, he needed to understand the will of God for him leading up to the cross. And he had to spend so much time in the presence of his Father to know the will of his Father for him. Now, brothers and sisters, I would like to ask, in this time of Easter, we as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, We as people who live with the Holy Spirit in our hearts, are we people of prayer? And I want to ask that question when we look into the lives of Peter and Judas this morning. Were they people of prayer? You see, we live with the danger of underestimating the power of prayer. I think we live in a society where prayer has become obsolete where most people in our society think prayer does not work. Most people in our society think, and this is the life that you and I live in this time of Easter, people not praying because they do not believe in the power of prayer. I think our society sees prayer as a complete waste of time because nobody seems to find the time to pray. I want to ask of you and me, 
as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, just the same as he's asked his disciples to pray. Are we praying? Are we people of prayer in this time of Easter? When we remember everything that our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross by his grace. Do you have a time of morning prayer every day? Do you see prayer as something that is as essential as breathing? Is praying for you the same as breathing? To stay spiritually alive, you need to pray, and I need to pray. But it always seems like we set out to pray in the morning, and then something else comes up and prayer just moves one spot down on the list of priorities. And it moves down and it moves down. And before we know it, it's the next day and it is time for the next day's morning prayers. We did not pray in the morning. We did not pray in the afternoon. We did not pray in the evening. We will go to church on Sunday. Someone will pray for us there. Do we see ourselves like that? Followers of Jesus Christ needs to be people of prayer. This is what he taught in all, of his, in all of the Gospels that we read about our Lord Jesus Christ, we see Jesus preparing for every big event by praying because he needed to understand the will of God for him in the next day. Every day. It is unquestionably important to Jesus. We cannot put a question mark on his life. The example that he showed us, he prayed right through the night before he appointed the 12 apostles. He knew exactly who would be the right men for that job. And he knew what the will of the Father in heaven was before he actually acted. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never experienced a night in prayer. I have prayed in my life. In all honesty came before God. I've broke, we are broken people. We, we all broke before God and we pray. But are we, are we so sincere in our prayers because we want to understand the will of our Father in heaven or do we just pray for ourselves and our own circumstances? You see, Jesus in the example that he lived, he, he breathed prayer. Inhaled, exhaled, every time taken in the will of the Father and giving out what the Father has told him to do. He wanted to understand the will of the Father before he acted in anything. Are you and I doing God's will in Easter? What is God's will for you and me as Christians, as brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ? I just want to read Luke 23, the last scripture reading that we've read. Verses 33 and 34, once again. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him, and the criminals on his right and on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, Forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. Is this prayer of Jesus true in your life and my life this morning?
When we look at Jesus, we see his heart of forgiveness for all people, even the criminals being crucified next to him. We see his love, the same love that our Father in heaven has for us, because we testify to it that our Father in heaven sent his only Son, his begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to die for your and my sin, because he loved us, all of us, every one of us. And Jesus, who prayed and prayed and prayed for the will of his Father, was obedient to the very end when he died on that cross. And he even prayed for the people next to him because he knew that his Father has sent him, his mission to earth was so that your and my relationship with our Father in heaven could be restored. I'm just thinking of something. You know, Jesus, as the Son of Man, and this is not in my script, it must be the Holy Spirit, he worked with timber as a man. Have you ever restored an old piece of furniture? A little bench, a favorite chair, grandfather's chair, a little table for your kids to study at. How great is it when you've restored that and you go and you sit on that chair. You look at that chair and it's been restored. You love it more than a new chair that you could buy. And then Jesus is the Son of God. He came and He restored your and my relationship with our Father in heaven. It is beautiful. It is beautiful to be in that restored relationship because the sin that broke my relationship and your relationship with our Father in heaven is no longer there. Our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross and he forgave us and everyone around him when he did that. This morning, I simply want to ask, are we people of prayer? And I want us to look at the disciples before we answer this question. What did Judas do? And what did Peter do? And what was the example that we saw through Jesus Christ? Can we answer this by looking at their lives before we say we are followers of Christ, broken people like they were, like Peter and Judas? I just want to read a couple of verses, a few verses there. If we, if we turn to Luke 22 again. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to kiss Jesus. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and he healed him. So when we look at, at Jesus as the Son of Man in these circumstances and how, how he reacted to his disciples, we see some interesting things. 
You see, Judas was not a person of prayer in those moments leading up to the cross. Judas was simply not focused on the will of God and what God had wanted for him as a follower of Jesus Christ. Judas had only one thing in his mind. You see, probably the previous night he was planning, thinking instead of praying on how he would betray Jesus the next day. Because this is how it works. It comes in our minds and we focus ourselves and we keep busy with what is important to us. To Jesus, this was not acceptable. Judas, in those moments, could do nothing else because he was not in prayer preparing for what Jesus taught and what Jesus said will happen on that cross. He was focused on something else to betray Jesus and that was his most important priority in those days of his life. Peter, on the other hand, was almost always the, this emotional disciple. Completely different personality to, to, to Judas. Next to Jesus. Always speaking out for Jesus. Always acting. Even before thinking. When he chopped off the ear of Malgus. He didn't think about it. He just did it. It just happened without thinking or praying. He was not in the right frame of mind. He was not where the will of God was for Jesus to be. He was next to Jesus and he was emotional. And he wanted to be with Jesus every day of his life. But he acted from another place. He did not act from a place of prayer. A place of peace and quiet like Jesus did. But when you look at Jesus and his reaction, you see he was fully prepared in prayer. Jesus said, I will have no more of this. And instead of rebuking Peter, he healed the man. So that we can all be restored in our relationship with our Father in heaven. You see, Jesus died on the cross for everyone. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. I want to go back to the beginning of the sermon. We said that that. People pray when they have nowhere else to go. People pray when they realize their own weakness. And yes, prayer is that. It's to confess in those moments when we realize that we are unworthy to be called disciples or followers of Jesus. To come on our knees before our God, pleading for forgiveness. And someone once said, when you kneel, and when you are praying and when you are on your knees, it is very hard to fall over from that position. It is a position of strength. Are you and I living a life of prayer? Are we prepared to sit around this table this morning? Is our prayer life in that place? Do we have 
that peace and quiet with our Father in heaven? Do we understand that prayer is not only our last resort? Prayer should be our first resource. It should be the first thing that we do before we even act. It should be the first thing that we do before we sit around this table. It should be the first thing that we teach our children. People of prayer change the lives of others. Disciples of Jesus change the lives of others. A mother taking her kids to school right through high school, using that 15 minutes in the car to pray with her kids. I can testify to that. It changes the life of those children. Do they want to pray early in the morning before school? No, they don't want to pray. But funny enough, when they look back into their lives, they come back and they say, thanks mom for praying with us. And what do they do? They now start praying on their way to work. The power of prayer should not be underestimated. If we don't pray, we will just be muddling through a meaningless life. But when we pray, we understand the will of God and we are focused on what our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know and understand. In this time of Easter, we need to share our testimony. We need to share the gospel, the good news, that our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. But it is a good Friday for us because He died on this day. But three days later, He rose again just as He promised so that we can live in a new, restored relationship with our Father in heaven. I want to conclude this morning by saying, isn't it interesting that Jesus came back from a night of prayer and he appointed 12 ordinary people? There was not even one priest among them. There wasn't any remarkable man who's made his mark in life. Ordinary people, 12 ordinary people he appointed after spending a night in prayer. You and I may think we are very ordinary. We may think that what we do every day is so ordinary. But I've got good news for you. God chooses ordinary people to be his disciples. Ordinary people to use their talents so that they can complement each other. It is a whole new sermon when you look at the 12 disciples and you see what they did collectively and why Jesus chose the 12 of them, ordinary people, to be his ambassadors, to be his people, carrying the gospel into the world. And this is our calling this morning. Are you and people of prayer, people who take time out to understand the will of our Lord in our lives? Are you willing to be used by the Holy Spirit as a person of prayer? The Holy Spirit works through ordinary people like you and me. People who make prayer their first resource and not only their last resort. Amen. Let us pray together before we sit around our Lord's table this morning.
Father God, thank you so much for your powerful word. Lord, I am amazed at how you work. I am amazed at how you work in all of our lives. I want to thank you for the patience you have with us. I want to thank you for that perspective that you brought every time that you prayed. Thank you that you've prayed for the forgiveness of everyone around you when you were preparing to die on that cross. Thank you that we can know as ordinary people we have been forgiven for our sin. You have restored our relationship with our Father in heaven. And Lord, now we want to pray as we sit around your table this morning that you will work through your Holy Spirit so that we will truly be people of prayer, not acting through our emotions, not being driven with our agendas, our own agendas that we have and that we think about and that we, and that we forge at night when we are supposed to be praying. No, Lord, help us to be praying so that we can understand your will for us in this time of Easter, on this Good Friday. We pray that your Holy Spirit will now work as we sit around your table and that you will be with us and that you will have communion with us on a very personal level. Touch us. Reach out to us. Bless us so that we can be a blessing to others and so that we can live our lives by the example of our Lord Jesus Christ who breathed, who inhaled and exhaled prayer. Always seek that time, that special alone time with you. Grant us your grace so that we can seek and find your will, and then give us the power of your spirit to go out and to share the gospel, not only in our church, Lord, in our community, in our city, in our country, and in the whole wide world. Use us in any way you see fit. Here we are, ordinary people in Mansfield ready for your instruction, ready to be used by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.